we're live. It could completely be a total full of line. shit. Full of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what see. to believe anymore. I don't even know who I am. <laughs> what is my name? Where am I? Um, um, uh, it uh, doesn't. It doesn't look like it. Look like it. Hmm. Oh, hmm. it is. It is. Hang on. It is. It still says we are unlisted. So hang on. Let me make sure this is the one that is actually live. So I'm going to pull this up over here and see if it's actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're live right here. Okay. So I'm going to change this to public. Done. Save. Get ready. Because here we go. Now, mm -hmm. theoretically, we should be live. Uh, I don't know. I just got. I just got. I just got a notification. You got a notification. Then I'm going to pull up the uh, the yeah, chat room. We're here. here. Yeah, we're here. We, we should start getting chats here in just a minute if I have this source correctly, which I have no idea if it is or not. There's a high probability hey, I screwed hey, it up. Hey, and, hey, and, uh, and there's and, a notification, uh, there's a notification on, the Discord, on the Discord. So that that work. Uh, uh, it says that there's says a that there's a lawn care help lawn desk care help live, desk live uh, on YouTube. On so YouTube, that, so that worked. Worked. That Maddie, worked. That Maddie, worked. you still got it. Baby. You still got it. Baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a chore. <laughs> But I did it, damn it. Listen, listen, listen. You were the backup listen, you quarterback. Were the backup quarterback. You, threw a, pick you six. threw a pick six. Yeah, strip sack yeah, fumble. Strip sack fumble. Mm -hmm. uh, but you got back but up. But you got back up. And you just scored. And you just scored like on a, on a, 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 a hell of a run. Okay. So you still owe us so six, six, six points. We believe in you. We believe in you a little bit. Hey, like a Tennessee game from the dual era. From the dual era right now. A bit. A bit like that. In fact, I would say I would equate this closer to the uh, to the Tennessee South Carolina game, which was not much. Oh, look. goddamn J. Goddamn J. Getting, what a cocksucker! What a cocksucker! I'm getting, uh, <laughs> I'm getting DMs it. from people. How how is that? Oh, all right, fuck you, J. Pink. Fuck you. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Welcome. This, what, all right, so let me give everybody a rundown right now. Uh, J. Pink is in uh, is in another country right now. He is he is hanging out with family, and so we were like, "Damn it, damn it, we're gonna do it live." And the problem <laughs> is, is that I didn't remember how to do this. Uh, it's been a hot minute, and I don't have the same software on my system that jpink uses on his system so i kind of had to go through a little bit of a uh, uh what do you call it a uh, i don't know a learning curve whatever it was it was it was an experience and we got it and we're here and it's working and it looks like chats are coming in and all kinds of fun stuff are going on uh so <laughs> f f in the chat for uh, for for jpink and and please encourage him to enjoy his time and not uh, spend time on this stream. Uh oh, uh oh. Uh, it says you're getting a double. It says voice. you're getting a double voice. Double voice. We're hearing double voices. We're hearing double voices. Yeah, they're like an yeah, echo. they're like an oh, echo. Lord have mercy. Okay, hang oh, on. Oh dear. Hang oh on. dear. I don't think it's me. I don't think it's me. No, it is not. I'm sure. I'm sure this is something I have messed up. This is probably a setting. Echo. All right. Mm.
Why does it do this for me? F for Echo is what they're saying. J Pink is asshole. <laughs> so maybe I only need to do this. Uh, Demay, talk to me. Uh, talking right okay. now about my day. Ray, talk to me. Okay, talking to you about my day, which was uh, relatively uneventful. Thank God. <laughs> so theoretically, the echo should be fixed now. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to have to have about a 15-second delay until people can tell us what's going on. I had two sources. Mm -hmm. I fixed the echo. Did it. Damn it, boy. Gosh. Still got, listen, listen, you just got us down in the field goal range and he nailed it. Woo! All right. so you, only owe us three, you only owe us three points. Woo! Now. <laughs> uh, so anyway, what we, what we planned on doing tonight was, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what the hell we planned on doing. Uh, but we said, we said we're going to do it anyway. And so here we are, we're here. And you know what we wanted to do? We wanted to do something we haven't done in a long time. We thought, you know, Hey, what the hell we're going to do? We're going to do a free show, right? We'll answer questions for the community. Uh, if there's anything specifically we want to talk about, we're, we we could talk about that too, uh, gentlemen. If there's something y'all have that that you that you really want to peg down and hammer down on, boy, by all means, Ooh. hey, uh, I'm not a man to judge. Ooh. We can we can get down exactly however you want to get down. It was it was it was Chris Gibson's it, birthday yesterday. <laughs> after all, so you know. It was, yes. There's, right. there's no telling. There's no telling what kind of debauchery could have gone on there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. For a, a free show sounds fun. Uh, man, there were a few things uh, chat wise or, or uh, Thursday, thir not Thursday, Thursday. Excuse me, burn of a term related that we could have gone over. But I, the, I like the uh, the lawn care help desk feel. You know, we got the we got the Skype rolling instead of our usual platform. So this feels, you know, like. Like I said, I typed into the chat here. Like uh, we're on, we're in Chatterbait for lawn care. <laughs> right now. Yeah, there, there, there may be a naked man, uh, without you know, own. fapping while you're talking to you about bluegrass. I mean, it's just these things happen on the internet. You can't, you can't script it, and you don't know what's going to happen when you click that button. You know, so uh, yeah, the um, gosh, hang on, I want to bring this up. While you guys uh, are doing that, let me uh, let me let me send this over. Can we screen share? Can you screen I, share? I think somebody? I think I can. I think I can figure this out. So bear with me while you're working on that. Somebody talk because I'm gonna have to build a scene to be able to do this. Okay. Right. Yeah. Build a scene, or I hope that means uh, just to uh, play with some. Well, yes. Yes. Yeah, this yeah. isn't like renting an Airbnb to do porn and right, which, by the way, is against the terms of service. If you if you're thinking about that, what? so please don't. You can't do that. You're Get out of here. No, it's, you you it's highly you can't, illegal. Yeah, you cannot do that kind of stuff at an Airbnb. And, and uh, what's uh, well, although you might be able to get away with it at a VRBO. <laughs> just All saying right, see i'm going to share this over into the discord and fire that over okay uh and the hey we do, do may i don't know what we're allowed to talk about or not 
Is there is there anything you could talk about publicly? You know what I'm saying? No, okay. not yet. Okay. But uh, we can we can talk about okay. this part. That's coming at you here in a second. Uh, it's processing. I don't know why it's taking so long here. But going to send you this uh, PDF that we can look over and talk about. A little bit different than our uh, burn and return, which is more. Uh, oh, here it goes. Uh, news article related. This was an interesting research article that I thought we could take a look at and uh, jam on here for a little bit. Okay. See if you can pull that into. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm almost ready. So bear bear with me here. I'm. Uh, still bear. Yeah. Still bearing with you. I'm getting there slowly but surely. It is. Okay. God, isn't Jay Pink the glue guy? I mean, the whole yeah. show. The, the glue gun. Yeah, the glue gun. I mean. He keeps all of our shit together. <laughs> he said, yeah, he is the glue gun. He is he is hot and sticky. That's yeah, and trust me, accurate. we have a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, to keep this all locked down. So this uh reminiscent what is this? Reminiscent oh man, Ray got himself a sure coming up. Oh, man, look at Princess Long Care in the chat. Hot ah, damn. Um <laughs> Yeah, we all have. I think we all have the SM7 now, Princess. I think we're all rocking here. Okay. Some mic porn. Yeah. If you're into that kind of thing. You have that. Uh, I have a. Uh, I have a a road. Uh, what is this? Oh, this is you... a road. Um, it's like it's a a Procaster, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, remember the remember the good old days of the dump horn. The who? Gosh, on the roadcaster. The dump horn on the road roadcaster. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> what? What? You don't remember the horn on the dump uh, on the? God, yes. Hang on. Yes, I do. Um, window. Let me do this. Okay. I'm gonna do that. In here. Oh come on! Let me. I've almost got it, Demay. I almost have. I'm sorry. I'm do, I'm doing this. You. I'm doing this in real time, and boy, I am not very, very str 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 strategic. You're not no, the blue gun. I am not. <laughs> See, it's annoying as shit when I go to try and add this uh, this window source, and it doesn't see it, and I'm like, these motherfuckers are fucking with me, man. Okay, I'm going to do that. But once this is done, I, it should be it should be a fairly quick. From this point forward, kinda theoretically. When does the actual show start? <laughs> this is the show. This is what happens when we're unsupervised and our uh, YouTube parent is not home. That pink, that <laughs> pink. Literally, we're we can barely bathe ourselves, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't showered in a month. I'm not gonna lie. It's okay. It's terrible. I mean, just you know, just wash your pits, your dick, your ass crack, and just hop out. That's what I would. That's what I advise. All right, I'm resizing this, and then and then we will be good to go to make it fit. I'm actually uh, finishing Ray. This is how bad I am about my uh, my homework. Is uh, I'm finishing Booyah! the uh, slide show right now that I've got to uh, present tomorrow and. Minneapolis in about oh, 13 hours. I still got a few slides to. Jesus Christ. That sounds terrible. Hey. Jesus Christ, Ryan. <laughs> right down to the wire, baby. 
<laughs> That's okay. It'll be fine. Uh, so I've got us. Should. I've got us up here, uh, Demay. What do we? What do we take a right look up. at here? Well, you know, gentlemen, uh, this article came uh, out just, I think, about a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago. And the topic I thought that was really interesting is nutrient use and management practices on United States golf courses. Now, this is a lawn care show, but I do think that golf uh, is leading the way in respect to or with respect to uh, improved nutrient usage based on uh, not just maybe dogma and what Ray calls uh uh, well, he calls some things we can't say on the air, but uh, <laughs> I I would say that, uh, you know, they are being ju more judicious and there's some interesting stuff though, in this, that some of it makes sense and some of it, you know, doesn't make sense. And it's measuring behaviors, right. Of, of golf course superintendents and their staffs across the country. So go ahead and jump in there, Matt. There's some facts and figures and we'll kind of give everybody sort of a, a rundown lay of the land of what's going on in here first. So Pull her on up, and we'll rock through this because I think we'll it's take a good look discussion. at the uh, at the map here. Is is the map a good a good starting point? Oh, uh, so yeah. Let me uh, here. I got to open up my PDF so I can see it. So yeah, the map is a great starting point. And and I tell you what, I'm going to try to is oh. Nope. Um, no, nope. I was, nope. I was gonna try and send nope. you my screen, but uh, that it, it, it doesn't don't, don't work. Do <laughs> I'm gonna don't mess do something up. <laughs> don't do that. That's like crossing the streams. And that's gonna be bad. Can you yeah. throw it up on the screen in general? Uh, yes, it YouTube? is. It is on YouTube right now. You can see. You can see the oh. map right now. All right. Let me make sure I'm watching the same thing. Yeah, it's just on a 15, cool. 15 second delay, right? So if I change something, you can't you can't see that for like fifteen seconds, right? Yeah, it's it'll all be right. on a slight slight delay. Oh, all right, here we go. So here is uh, here's the study, and this is uh, more of a uh, survey review and kind of data analysis of reporting results. So what's interesting is back in two thousand six, uh, a guy named Dr. Clark Throssell, who at the time was uh, the uh, the science coordinator. I'm not sure exactly what his title, research coordinator for the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America, which is the trade association that represents golf course superintendents all across the country and some of the world too. Um, pretty big data set that those guys are able to tap into. Back at that time, they probably had roughly about 17,000 or so members. So they sent out a survey back in 2006 saying, hey, we want to know and baseline how you all use nutrients on your golf courses, right? So just basic stuff, NPK, and kind of diving in a little bit there. So they were fortunate, and they got a pretty good response back. And then following that up, right, they had all that information and that data baseline. Then uh, 10 years later, 2016, uh, Wendy Gallertner, uh, who, if you are a, a deep, deep follower of what we do, uh, previous owner of Pace Turf out there in San Diego, yeah, uh, and then congratulations to her. Congratulations to her and Michael Woods, by the way, and Larry Stoll. And Larry Stoll. Right? So, how how can I leave him out? So Wendy and Larry are, are are married, and they used to own Pace Turf. They sold it to Michael Woods. So Michael Woods of the Asian Turf Grass Center. So you're really diving deep. If you know all the names that we're we're throwing out right now, you are an actual turf nerd, and we we appreciate that about you. Imagine you the set of balls on Larry to marry a woman of turf. 
He's, he went all <laughs> yeah. in. I mean, it's just, there's his, that is all in. Could, he, kudos he did, there. and it, it, it worked out fine. Happy, ha- happiest story in turf, maybe, yeah. as far as a turf marriage. I'm not sure if there's another turf marriage, you know, uh, that is not a healthy as one. successful. No, <laughs> no, definitely. I not. made that up. I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. So, 2016 rolls around. She takes those same questions and asks them again, and disseminates this out and gets another, you know, pretty good response. Then, just last year, uh, the group that published this paper, right, which is a group that's made up of a pretty distinguished set of researchers here. So, uh, Travis Shaddix, uh, Brian Unruh of, of University of Florida, Mark Johnson, Clark Brown, and Greg Stacy. So, what these gentlemen did was to try and see, okay, hey, we've, we've got some, some pretty good data points 10, 10 years apart, and let's go ahead and take uh, you know, sort of a new fangled approach at this and let's see what's going on, right? What's moving up, what's moving down, what are the trends, the trajectories of all this stuff? So if you look at that map there that Matt's got up, looks pretty nice. You know, you've got everything uh, of where all these data points are going down. So slide down there, Matt, and let's take a look at a couple of the things that you've got. Uh, what that's the original one was 14,000 unique golf facilities. So let's see here. So interesting here. So total projected NP and K results. So slide down there to results. And yeah, discussion, I'm going to highlight these here. Okay. <laughs> Look at that. So in that results and discussion, the first interesting thing that comes up in this uh, paper here is this, is that uh, NPK, right, at golf facilities declined. The total projected use, 41% on N, Ray, 59% on P205, and 54% of K. And this is from 2006 to 2021, respectively. So in a 15-year time range, right, we've reduced uh, P and K by over 50% and N uh, over 40%. So just on on that big picture data point, really interesting, right? So if you slide down even further, right, and then you look at the the first set of graphs here, so uh, figure one, or figure two, A, B, and C. Okay. And you're looking at a couple of different things here uh, where they're showing you sort of the differences uh, in a graph format. So as you're looking at those, uh, a couple of things that jump out here, Ray, is this, Mm -hmm. is that uh, we've got basically a decline all the way across the board. Now, if you look here for the use stats nerds, right, look at the uh, annual applied of all nutrients, right? As we slide down here, and look at uh, on a per thousand square foot basis, it gets a little bit more normalized in the data where we're, we're seeing less differences in P205, right? And less differences in K2O, so statistically insignificant differences. So there is some uh, decline, a pretty steep decline there from, uh, what was that, 2006 to 2016, and then things have sort of leveled off a little bit here. So uh, we're actually seeing that. So if we look down uh, on... Page three of the document, a couple of the things they say here is that, you know, end rates declined, you know, really uh, minimally. So 18 to 28 percent uh, from 2006 to 2021. Uh, but as we go forward, right, and we see that drop all the way across the board, it's been pretty significant. So we've just seen a little bit more uh, of a flattening of that curve here as of late. So sliding down. So, gentlemen, first thing I want to ask you is this. In looking at this. Um, 
Let me slide down and find the correct one. I want to. We're going to jump around this paper a little bit. So this is page. Let's see. Okay. Where's this at? Hang on. You're fine. Bearing with me. You got to bear hey. with me here. <laughs> From one bear to another, Just, I'm full of it. Yeah. I've got all the bear you need. I love you. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Rates there. This is this is pretty fascinating. I think another uh, just a trend that sticks out to me, just high level looking at this, is uh, the number of acres that have decreased. Uh, the number yes, of acres under fertilization. I mean, that's is pretty pretty stark there. Yeah, and I think you're starting to see that, that'll be the interesting part. Is and I'm glad that they did this in 21 because you know after the pandemic uh, and even in the beginning of it, there's been a a, a little bit of a, a boom here. In terms of um, golf course instruction, again, we haven't seen really in, gosh, probably almost 15 years, right? That that number has been in the negative now for uh, at least at least 10 years, if not longer. And uh, that'll be an interesting thing to see as acreage goes back up. If we you know, see that trend line go back to the positive, how much does it move and is it... Uh, is it uh, directly proportional to what we would have saw, you know, back in uh, the early part of this of this century here? So, slide up to uh, page. Let's see here on the PDF, Matt. It is page seven, and I want to take a look at this, Ray, and see your thoughts on the way that uh, nitrogen usage, in particular, has trended both across the U.S., which is uh, sort of in this first column, and then they talk about in uh, they've got abbreviations here for different areas of the country, right? So you've got uh, the north central part of the country, the northeast, the Pacific Northwest, southeast, southwest uh, transition zone, and then UWM is the upper mountain west. So trend lines here, Ray, you, you see N dropping across the United States pretty substantially as a total right now. And if you look a little bit closer where a lot of these drops are and where they're taking place is uh, mostly in greens, so, and I know this is an area, Ray, that you specialize in out there mm -hmm. in a little bit different. They don't have Hawaii on here specifically, and I see it depicted on that map. I can't remember off the top of my head, but... No, Hawaii and, wasn't and, included in this. Uh, so let's first talk about this in the golf course setting, and then the back end of this is I want to figure out what you think in terms of how we can extrapolate this to lawn care. That's the bigger picture down the episode question here. But look at those greens and a pretty precipitous drop, right? So we're declining pretty much uh, about 25% or so in terms at of least. greens. So in particular, let's look at the Southeast, right? Where that might be a little bit more indicative of the type of climate that you're in and what mm -hmm. type, you know, type of situation you're in. They're down about uh, almost, uh, what is that? Almost th over, probably over 30%. So 1.8, let's see, 1.8 divided by... Eight. Yeah, about thirty-one percent that they're down. So, Ray, do you have you personally and uh, as a whole, uh, what are your thoughts on decreasing nitrogen usage on greens, particularly those in the southeast or in a climate very similar to that, like yours? Is okay. that a viable thing or not? It is. It can be a double-edged sword because. Mm -hmm. Here's what I've seen when talking about reducing nitrogen rates is 
here's the good side of reducing nitrogen rates on turf grass, especially highly maintained real cut turf grass. Here's the good side. You get less vertical growth. You get increased green speeds and you get less need for manual desatching and verticutting and thinning. Mm-hmm. However, Ryan and Matt, mm-hmm. here comes the bad side. And for example, I can corroborate this with uh, James, our Discord member who's in Atlanta or right outside of Atlanta. The bad side of taking your nitrogen back too far is increased susceptibility to certain diseases, especially dollar spot. Uh huh. Hey, uh-huh. And so this is where I would be extremely careful because you see, I come from a time where even on the golf courses, the convention, even on the greens was every month or every other month, you send somebody out there with some Yara 21714 or Yara 161515. And you're mm-hmm. applying a half to a three-quarter pound of N per application. But here comes the new age agronomy that says, let's cut back our phosphorus. Let's cut back our potassium. Let's cut back our nitrogen. Okay, done. You get less vertical growth. You get less, uh, you, know, associate, you know, other issues associated with more growth. However, however, here's the caveat to this, and this has become painfully apparent, is by cutting back the nutrient levels, your greens then become way more susceptible to certain diseases, hence the need for increased fungicide applications. Mm-hmm. So this is not all positive to me and you know, anecdotally talk, talking to my friends in the golf industry is on this reduced fertility regimen, they told me that the greens are a lot more sensitive, touchy, fragile, and not resilient. Demay, if you don't mind, let me interject with some some questions here from from the audience, and also uh, okay. these are just going to be some some hypotheticals here, and uh, and and do your best with it. Number one, uh, Aldo said, could any of this be due to bad weather correlating with low growth potential, therefore less NPK input? So it's interesting that there uh, there's some reasons, and we can slide down to those here real quick. Uh, go ahead down to in the document on the PDF page 13, slide down to the top of that page for me real quick. All right. And as you do that, as you do that, what's interesting is you look at the importance of the decision-making factors, right? And these are ranked across, right. Based on, um, you know, sort of in order, right. But again, looking at our, um, you know, our, our, our stats here, basically look at 21, look at the most recent year and in the top here, uh, as far as, uh, reasons why that we're most concerned with this, right? Pretty interesting. What we see is visual observation, and scouting, uh, precipitation, temperature, and weather, previous product performance on established turf. Those all correlate pretty tightly right there. 
what we don't see or what we see further down, right, uh, is, you know, some other factors that are probably just as important, but I, I'd like it to be known that the, the weather portion, right, precipitation weather is in that top grouping, right, as far as uh, significance in the stats. So, yeah, I think that there could be something there where people are responding a little bit better to weather and maybe not taking an approach where it's just, hey, it's on the calendar, so we're going to do it, and that's what it's going to be. I think people are probably a little bit more acutely aware of what's going on week to week, even day to day, and less ingrained in the, hey, first of the month, time to get those greens paid, baby. You know, mm-hmm. put the bird out. Uh, the, uh, another one here, Telly said, is uh, do you think over the last 10 years, many of the greens have been replaced with better cultivars? So now we're, we're bringing genetics into play. Yeah, so look down there at the at the stats, right? And again, in that uh, in that top statistical grouping is turf species. So I think you know you'll you're probably seeing, uh, particularly in the southeast, where uh, you know there's been a lot of conversions from bent grass back into ultradory Bermuda grasses, for example. I think you're probably seeing uh, here at least in the Midwest and things like that. Uh, I can think of a couple courses. And again, this is anecdotal and trying to apply it to empirical evidence, but uh, you know, courses here that have made decisions to go with, uh, you know, lower mode Kentucky bluegrasses or uh, a, a mixture with perennial ryegrass as opposed to bent grass, right? Where they can probably get away with lower fertility and still have very, very good and playable conditions. So uh, that and, right, just improved genetics, right? We have grasses that, you know, now are put to Ray's point uh, on the uh, the model diet, right, Ray? A couple mm-hmm. of saltines and a uh, pack of Marlboros and there you go. That's your that's your that's your food for the and, day, and and a little bit of Dom Perignon. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to have <laughs> got to have. You can have a capful of Dom Perignon, right? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but the whole point there is that uh, when when they're developing and breeding these grasses now, right, they are put through uh, a, a significant deficit of you know water, of uh, you know fungicides, pesticide, you know regimes, things like that. And uh, most importantly, fertilizers, too, of trying to understand, hey, how low can we go as opposed to just kind of going off of what has sort of been the, like again, those dogmatic practices of the industry standards. Yes, you got bent grass greens, six pounds a year, buddy. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Six pounds of N. I mean, that literally when I was in school 20 years ago, that was the in the textbook. Mm -hmm. It would tell you you got pen cross, you know, bent grass, six pounds, buddy, all day long. And then, you know, it's interesting. I got to I need a more horrifying one for you. But this went away when all the greens in Hawaii got converted to seashore pestalum. Oh. Back in the old days, when dealing with Bermuda, it was one pound plus per month of N. With, Wait, you know, that again? One pound plus of N per month on, oh, Bermuda, on Bermuda greens. And wait, damn. I have to. I have to preface that with the fact that the predominant green species uh, here back in the day was either Tiff Dwarf or Tiff 328. And mm. both of those grasses are, for lack of a nicer term, nitrogen hose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're nitrogen hose. I mean, I, I can't say it any other way because... You get them too lean, and they literally start to fall apart. But then what changed that is this avant-garde variety 
Cishra Pespalum, where yeah. here's your here's your dichotomy or your uh, or how shall I say your your situation. You fertilize Cistra Pespalum too much, it gets a lot of thatch. However, you don't give it enough nitrogen, Dollar Spot eats your lunch. So you 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 don't have uh, a good answer to either salute you know issue. Uh, just real quick, not let you carry on, Demay. A couple things I just highlighted were things that trended on the increase, right? And uh, obviously, traffic wear is not statistically significant uh, from uh, 14 to 21, but uh, nor is clipping production. But you do see that seems to be, you know, kind of a kind of a, a, a common thing that is looked at. Uh, the interesting thing here, to to me at least, is uh, regulatory requirements, right? Um, mm -hmm. the, uh, turf growth, uh, prediction models, uh, which is, you know, I, I'd say that was a newer thing that seems to, uh, move upward now that, that we're seeing. I like that. That's very cool. Um, and we're also seeing a nutrient content of effluent water source, right? So if you're using effluent water, having that tested and understand what's actually going down with that. Now in that same vein, there's, there's a few other things that we could take a look at here that are uh, uh, kind of interesting to the contrary, right? And I'll, I'll let Demay talk about this when he comes back. But uh, number one is, I'm just, I'm just going to do these as I see them, is uh, uh, tissue analysis is on the decline at a statistically significant rate. Um, mm -hmm. University recommendations is on a decline at a uh, statistically significant rate from 2014 to 2021, but we're getting back closer on par to where we were in 2006, right? Uh, manufacturer recommendations is uh, is on the decline as well. We did mm -hmm. see an increase from 06 to, uh, to 14. However, that has uh, sharply declined at a uh, uh, statistically significant level. Um, and and the the whole reason I uh, I bring that well here's here's another one we can look at too is uh, is cost of fertilizer um, we see a uh, an increase then a decline there but also you've got to think in that 2014 window uh, you know we uh, you know this is going to be post 2008 we saw an enormous explosion in input cost where you know rolling into 2020 and the time 2021 rolls around we were starting to see that again and uh, and I do not recall when this was turned in uh, in 2021 uh, but you know again you know starting starting to gather more significant uh, significance and what that shows is budgets in my opinion. Uh, appear to be getting tighter. Uh, I think. I think when the significance is placed on um, uh, cost of fertilizer, then that that you know either you're going through uh, an inflationary period or uh, your budgets are being um, uh, constrained. Okay, I I need to kind of interject something into this is because I'm looking at 2020 to 2021. What happened in 2020 and 2021, Matt? Uh, the pandemic. Right. And the first places that got hit were any kind of places where the public could possibly gather, including golf courses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I know here for a long time, even golf courses were shut down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so golf courses were in this position where they literally 
were having to do minimal maintenance on the golf course just to supposedly keep it from turning back into jungle while waiting for the mandates to get lifted. Mm-hmm. 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 If they were ever going to be, you know, lifted. Yeah. And, and it was, I mean, you talk about a weird time, especially in that space. Uh, in fact, I don't, I don't know how many people um, have ever experienced that before. I, I, w- I would say, you know, 2009, uh, it was kind of a similar thing where, it, it was it was cut so quickly with with no one really knowing what to do, um, and uh, and so many people becoming unemployed at, uh, equally at the at the exact same time. Um, you know, it was that was that was pretty shocking. And then here, rolling into uh, into twenty twenty, you know, it was, it was a lot of the same thing. Uh, a couple other things to to note here is, and I and I think this actually correlates with the trend of. Um, declining fertilizer overall, we're seeing precipitation temperature and weather becoming less important of a factor for making an application. And uh, so if you're making fewer applications, uh, you're not so dependent on precipitation and weather, right? Because uh, it's it's easier to map out your application. If Do you see what I'm saying there? So in the event, yes, if yes. you're having to apply every other week, and you're having to uh, to get a little a little loosey goosey with your application rate on your every other week schedule, um, then you're going to be a bit more in tune with what's uh, when when that's going down and what the the, the reactionary weather is going to be, right? Versus if you're in a situation where uh, you know you may be pushing that to every three weeks or every four weeks, and uh, you're running it at reduced rates or fewer inputs overall in the tank, then all of a sudden, it's not as important because even in the event of making an application, it doesn't get water immediately. Uh, you're not at the risk of uh, of, at, of you know destroying a green or whatever the case may be, right? So, it, you know, while it is on a decline statistically significant, you still see though it does in the in the grand scheme of the decision making process here, uh, it is of significant importance, uh, importance, right? So I would say visual right. observation, temperature, temperature, or weather. Um, I, this previous product performance on your established turf, uh, disease problems, uh, 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 traffic and wear, turf species, all of these are are you know are are absolute top most important here. So and and you know I'll go I'll go ahead and highlight these right. These are our most important factors that we're going to see in here. I, in fact, we can go ahead and say length of growing season, reduction of inter- environmental impact. Um, uh, I'm going to do everything above a three right here. Events, golfers' expectations, soil, soils and al- soil analysis, but I and and again, I'm going to go back to this: the decline of tissue analysis, right? And uh, and the the whole reason I bring this up is, do you remember, Ray? I know you remember a time when the the uh, the adage that you would hear while you were out there is, your soil test didn't matter. What mattered what was actually what mattered was what was actually in your plant at the time. Uh, and yes, so- uh, I, I heard that, and the problem with that is that then, you know, that's almost saying like, hey, you got to look at your program in t- as a whole holistically and figure out if what you're spraying or spreading is even getting to your turf grass. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and, and so you can test and analyze all you want but at the end of the day what that 
means is that, hey, if you're putting down X amount of phosphorus or potassium or nitrogen, how much of that is even getting to your turf grass? And here's the other factor that I like to introduce is that I know in the early 2000s, there was also this issue of paralysis via analysis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it was test, but don't do anything test, but don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I even saw personally on some golf courses, them pushing the limits of low fertility, trying to reach minimums. They fucked their greens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They screwed. They screwed their greens so bad, and here's what they got for it: they got a highly paid consultant who told them to screw up their greens like that. Uh, the testing company made money, and the greens all died. And that was a much more expensive program versus routinely applying some NPNK in slight excess or in slight luxury amounts. Yeah, and and you know what and I think you know with the pressure that we see on the industry right now, one of the one of the other things we wanted to take a look at was uh, was uh, applications of phosphorus per year. Now you know, there's there's a few different things to take into consideration when when making uh, phosphorus applications. You know, is it is seed going to be going down? What are your current P two O five? What are your current P levels in the soil? And uh, and your soil pH, of course, is is going to be you know all kind of playing that same same space. And one of the things we can see here is a generalized decline uh, in phosphorus applications. Now. There's a few things here also to take into consideration, right? And these being on golf courses, what do uh, golf courses often have uh, on site? Uh, And that would be water. Uh, A lot of golf courses Mm -hmm. are going to have some sort of water feature on site. And... Uh, and so it's, it is what I would consider interesting, but what you would expect to see, or at least hope to see in, in this regard is a general, uh, reduction of the use of phosphorus, um, except when indeed needed. Um, and, and I, and I, and I think, I think this highlights a, a pretty, uh, a pretty, pretty significant and, uh, what I would consider a responsible reduction in the overall use of phosphorus, right? Uh, because again, the, these being golf facilities, uh, I highly doubt too many of these are on the low end of phosphorus when you when you're conducting uh, soil analyses, right? Uh, because there was a time uh, not too too long ago. Uh, especially when you start talking about prior to 2014, where you never heard any uh, worries about. Well, yeah, I mean, you did hear about worries of phosphorus, but it was, you know, it was kind of, ah, yeah, it is what it is, right? And uh, which is funny, you know, back in, in 2006 when I was when I was getting into into this whole game, uh, you know, that was not one of the things that you were majorly worried about. Like it, it wasn't what was ringing in my ear. What was ringing in my ear was, you know, don't mess up your application of, of Durzban. Don't mess up your application of, of diazinon. You know, be, uh, be careful. Uh, 
uh, be careful with your uh, with your Pramatol application. You know when you're spraying the nets around the uh, um, uh, the driving range, right? So, uh, Matt, I I actually got. You, yeah, I'm curious. What was it like there? Because I could tell you in the southeast where I am was it was not of concern at all. It it was always of big concern because. As soon as I got into the industry in the 1990s, there was already grumblings about runoff from the land killing the reefs surrounding the islands via, you know, proliferation of algae species, invasive algae species that feed on excess of phosphorus in the water. So that was already an issue. And then secondarily, if I give no shits about surf spots and, and reefs, which, by the way, I don't, uh, my issue agronomically was I was aware of how excessive phosphorus would then create problems with micronutrient utilization in plants and turf grass. And Matt, I have actually had to deal with and have seen many instances of that because here the favorite fertilizers were get this one Matt either 111 or 131 yeah I, I mean I, I I get it and there was you know it, definitely a lot of that showed up here and I and Ray I want to show you here uh, for instance just take a look at the southeast on this chart and and we're gonna go mm -hmm. from our, our totals here, right? Uh, total PTO PTO five applied per year in the southeast. No, uh, hardly any uh, uh, statistical significance between 2006 and 2014. However, you do see a relative in uh, comparatively sharp decline in 2021, right? And uh, and I think that's mm -hmm. that's how long it took to get to the southeast, right? Uh, and, and, you know, with, with good reason, not with good reason is, is where I wanted to go with that. Because, uh, like for instance, where I am in, in Knoxville now, I'm, I've got water everywhere, everywhere you go, there's a lake or a river, uh, moving through. I think we have, we've got five lakes mm -hmm. passing through the city in, in some form or fashion. Right. So, uh, it, yes. it should have been of more yes. importance here than, uh, than, uh, you know, what, what we saw for a long period of time, but, uh, now it certainly has caught up, and I and I will say without a doubt, uh, it is a priority. Now, as you start looking at some of the areas uh, here in the in the southeast, you know you do see uh, it starts to even out a little bit. It's not quite as a uh, 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 stark of a difference between uh, 2014 to 2021. Uh, and I'll say also that a large part of this too was uh, in the 2014 timeframe. Um, I think I think the overall message was beginning to surface about um, a, a not spending money on fertility that you didn't need. Uh, that was that was just one of the things you started here as you were doing continuing uh, um, uh, edu education classes, or you're at some sort of seminar or whatever. It was why spend money on a nutrient that you do not need. And, uh, and we're not necessarily known here in Knoxville for having low phosphorus soils to begin with. Uh, and, and actually, 2014 was about when I moved back. So 
um, you know, I, I kind of caught the 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 first end of what we were hearing here. Now, and and then I'll also provide a little bit of a contrast here too, is that when I was in Augusta prior to uh, that, then it was not really you know phosphorus was not a major concern that you heard about when I was in in Georgia. Um, in fact, I wouldn't say in Alabama either. I didn't really hear about it a whole lot. Now, but again, this is also going to be pre-2014. And then certainly while I was in Memphis, it wasn't anything we heard about. In, in Memphis, it was all POA all the time and uh, POA resistance. And that that did stick with, uh, but it was more recently, I would say, you know, over the last uh, eight years or so that uh, phosphorus in terms of uh, runoff, uh, pollution uh, prevention, or just not spending money on nutrients you don't need was becoming more and more prevalent. Uh, Demay, you're back. Uh, we just we just kind of highlighted uh, some some P two O five talk here and and general declines in use and uh, and what what that can mean. And I was you know, kind of taking a shot at the South here just by saying how long it took for that message to get to us, and I think it reflected in the uh, in the total usage of P two O five according to their surveys as well too. Uh, what else you got for us? Well, take a look here real quick and slide down to, I think it's page yeah. 15. Let me slide down here. And take we are a here. Peek. Done. And go down to the All bottom right. of that page. Table, table, 13 table 13. Here we for are. Me. And uh, here's an interesting thing. I want you to look across there, gentlemen. This is, uh, was soil to testing used? Yes or no, Right. And this is going to tell you the uh, annual tons per year, right, based on this. So look across that column, right, fertilized based on soil test results, the very top one. And look at the yes versus the no. So in the no category, that not using soil test results to uh, base their fertility program around, comparatively less fertilizer, NPK, all the way across the board. What do you make of that? Has Travis got to... I, I have I have a couple of I have a couple of different um I love you Travis. By the way, we care long care uh, yeah. I have I have yeah. a I have a theory on that too. And that goes and that goes back to what I was talking about where in the two thousands I saw this trend of testing Soil testing, tissue testing, and then basically holding the grass at extreme minimums where, to me, uh, this is how I operate personally, and this is going to sound like heresy, but I soil test to get a baseline. However, once I have that baseline... What I then do is I am observing that turf grass or those ornamentals for response. I'm watching, you know, I have my eyes on that every month and I'm watching for a response or lack thereof. My, I was going to say my, and, my theory here is that um, it depends on where you submit your uh, soil test to have it analyzed and people are following the recommendations on their uh, uh, soil test results like from the lab they're following the lab's mm -hmm. input 
Yes. I mean, the, the labs often give recommendations as to, you know, NP and K rates. However, I've also seen instances where the labs, for lack of a better description, they give nutrient rates that, to me, are more appropriate for fertilizing a hay field that's being cut numerous times a year. <laughs> okay. Is that not your dis accurate description of your lawns? Is that not fair to say? No, that's not a fair app description because you see that those are opposite agronomic goals whereas with a hay field you want as much biomass production as possible but on maintained fine turf grass your objective kind of switches to where you're balancing wear tolerance and color with minimization of clipping production okay interesting <laughs> yeah so, Matt, go ahead. what I thought was interesting about that and some of those other ones that are on there was just, again, that well, I think you said is mm -hmm. chasing lab numbers potentially, right? That could be some of it. The other part of it could be, you know, uh, inadequate testing methods, right, that are maybe driving up what you uh, what you think you need to put down, right? And if you're inconsistent or accurate with that or you're inconsistent with the lab that you use, right, and bouncing from lab to lab. Now, most of these folks, I would say, uh, to generalize, would be pretty... Uh, consistent and all those things, right? So hopefully you wouldn't find that, but... Uh, well, think about it. If you submit a to test to Spectrum uh, Analytics and then you submit a test to uh, to Penn State, um, you know, I mean, what what are the, sure. the K2O recommendations going to be from a Penn State uh, test versus Spectrum Analytics? Wildly different uh, by a factor of a shit ton, right? So just want yes. to throw that out there. Also interesting, too, is, uh, you know, something Telly mentioned earlier was changing turf cultivar. That's down there four from the bottom, and uh, you're you're seeing a pretty significant decline, right, in N and K, not so much on uh, P. So that could be an establishment thing. Not quite sure, but, uh, again, pretty interesting to see some of these different management practices be called into question here and what the differences are. Now, if you'll slide down, we'll look at two more here. Uh, before we finish up this chat, I thought this again was a, a pretty interesting paper with a lot of data packed in over, you know, three, um, three years, uh, you know, at, at different points, you're going back 15 years now. So table 16, take a look at this. Generally speaking, right. They're looking at, uh, slow release and versus quick release and quick release and, and it's, uh, use right at these golf facilities, particularly for nitrogen. And so, uh, you know, across the board, slow release down quick release up right and if we look mm -hmm. at different areas of the country pretty telling where uh you know some places that either are you know particularly warm season you know southwest uh southeast all these places i don't know if this ray is just more of an adoption of either uh, just economics right cost and unit unit cost or if it's simply something where people, and I would say this just again anecdotally, that superintendents as a whole uh, in the golf course management community have sort of embraced the idea of, of just using uh, basic inputs to manage those services. So I think, I don't know. Uh, what, I, here's what I think I think finally, what we've been seeing on this show for the last several years 
is finally starting to soak in where slow release is a product that was created for the needs of what I call non-precision high volume turf care Mm. and golf and low cut turf is not low precision high volume turf care that is the complete opposite where when you're when you're dealing with a lot of slow release you are giving up a lot of control over how that input reacts right and then the other problem that has been revealed is that in under real world conditions slow release fertilizers don't last as long as they claim those bastards yeah yeah it doesn't last it doesn't last as long so you think you're getting 60 to 90 days out of that application when in real life you're getting maybe only 45 and for a golf superintendent who just spent thousands on that fairway fertilizer that only lasts 45 days when it's supposed to last 90. Uh, I don't know how that guy is going to explain that to the, uh, to the, to the board of directors and the, and the greens committee, you know, that's going to be a hard explain. (laughs) Matt, I want you to take a look at table 17 and we'll finish up here and, and maybe take a few questions here before we get out of here. But Look at this in the uh, adoption, right, of uh, soil amendments and supplements, right? And they're breaking these down here. Humic materials, amino acids, biostimulants, gypsum, right? A little gypsum blip there in 2014. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But uh, anything here jump out at you that's that's interesting uh, when it relates to this? You know, we hear a lot about this in lawn care with, you know, people jumping on the humic train or, or uh, you know, different things, right, from a biostimulant standpoint. But golf, right, these guys are uh, either pretty thif- thrifty in some cases, right? They don't have the budget to support some of these things or they don't, uh, you know, they, they think they're snake oils, right? There's a lot of, uh, I guess, bias towards adoption in, in most cases. But you're seeing some trends here. Anything Not jump out to you? really. This is actually what I, what I would expect to see. Um, you know, the initial humic surge, and then it seems to have calmed down, uh, although it is still on a, a statistically significant growth trend. Uh, but you can see the growth from 2014 to 2021 has not exploded. Uh, it's seeing the same thing with amino acids and, and other biostimulants, right? Um, yeah, the gypsum explosion is funny, uh, but so is also the decline in gypsum a- applications too. It's, it's kind of like where... Where, you know, the it, it seemed like it made the circle, right? Everybody told everyone else about it. Everyone jumped on the bandwagon. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, wait, why did I do that? Why am I applying something at, at 30 to 50 pounds per thousand square feet again? That ends up breaking into, into my budget at that at that expense. Um, you know, pH, uh, pH management, you know, I think it highlights the importance there. Interestingly, sulfur, uh, so trying to lower pH has become more important than it was in the past, uh, which I think I think is a is a is a good thing and an interesting thing too. They're attempting to uh, to tackle that. 
a couple things too right here is the use of uh, of compost seems to to have increased as well as a biocontrol agent that has increased as well uh, so those two things kind of kind of stand out to me probably more than anything else on this list oh I'll agree. I'll agree, Matt. And of course, for me, the first thing that jumped out at me is how the usage of sulfur in a program has tripled almost from 2006 to 2021. I mean, that 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 is like a big thing where I think it has to do with how people are realizing that sorry Michael Woods but pH matters I thought it was all those posts that Ray was making on the Wall Street Bets <laughs> subreddit you know back in 2016 about you know <laughs> you got to make those sulfur applications you got to you got to put sulfur in the bank today boys and mm-hmm. girls speaking of Michael Woods welcome yeah. welcome to the show uh I just see he just, he just commented in there uh yeah and wow. Michael, one of the things I'm interested in is is uh, and I I did not see this and again I have not gone through this in extreme detail. Uh, what was um, I'm 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 curious. I'm curious to see the adoption rate of the MLSN because specifically as Evie said here, uh, Guevara wrote a paper about how after four years no significant differences were found between SLAN and MLSN, uh, and and I'm curious. I'm curious at the adoption rate um, among among golf courses of uh, MLSN, and and also in that same vein because we did see a decline. And and uh, Ryan, this is one of the things we were talking about when we step away is um, when wh- uh, we are seeing a a general decline in the use of tissue analysis. Uh, tissue testing is 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 slowly bleeding and dying. Uh, can we get a round of applause for that, by the way? Dude. <laughs> still guys that have labs at their golf. I mean, like I'm talking ultra high end places, but still have labs at their golf course where they perform and do that. I was and, bullshitting uh, you know, with Ray. Listen, I was uh, bullshitting with Ray because taking... I, one of the things that I remember being distinctly told was um, what's in your soil does not matter. It's what's in, in your leaf tissue is the only, is the only thing that matters. So, you know, this, it was this, it's this constant cycle of, Continually tissue testing, tissue testing, tissue testing, tissue testing, tissue testing, and uh, and by God, you know, I mean, week by week, you're wildly different of what you're seeing, and I, I don't know. I always, I always felt like a, a chicken with my head cut off in that in that experience. Well, one of the one of the other key points of the paper that was in, I thought very interesting, and we didn't, you know, we can dive into it a little bit here, but was that, uh, you know, the reliance, and I think this is where some of the deviation might occur with what. Uh, what you know, Shaddix and Run and and their colleagues wrote here was that you know there's a significant uh, group of folks that are using saturated paste tests. If we go back and look at testing methods, I can't remember which page that's on. I've, I've closed the document already, but over 50% of people across the board, I think, in each of those three years were were using saturated paste tests. That was the predominant yeah, testing. Here, method. I'm going to go. That is on page that 11 here. Let me let me take a look at this. It's it is yes, it is huge. Huge. Now listen for the for the post the folks that are listening at home, right? And I'm glad that Dr. Woods is on here too. Uh so a couple of things. One, saturated paste 
and tissue testing. Ray, would you quickly explain, be brief, the mm -hmm. difference between those two tests and how they're conducted? Okay. Saturated paste is simply soil, you know, blended with water and then. Yeah, DI water, right? Deionized water. And then you proceed to do a quantitative analysis of whatever nutrients have leached out in that water. However, that does not take into account the fact that turf grass and plants are capable of utilizing root exudates to extract certain less soluble nutrients from soil when they're growing. And for a tissue test, a tissue test, Here's the process for a tissue test. Imagine that for certain elements, it is a wet, you know, blended test where they blend it up with, wa with deionized water and they assay certain nutrients. For other nutrients, the tissue sample is combusted into ash. And combusting it into ash is most typically done for your nutrients like, say, potassium, magnesium, calcium, your insoluble and non-volatile nutrients. Whereas nitrogen, of course, you can't do a ash and then an analyzed type of a test because nitrogen becomes volatile in the heat, it won't survive the assay process. You know, if you put it in the furnace until it's ash. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, what's interesting here is that, uh, like I said, the reason that I have, I'm glad that Dr. Woods is on. If he's still, is he wrote a really good paper, and I'll see if I can find it and link it in the chat. Of uh, gosh, it's been years. Uh, back in the old Turfnet newsletter when that used to go out by email uh, i used to send a print copy out as a matter of fact i remember getting those in the mail way 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 back in the day this is almost 15 years ago probably and and wrote a good article about you know the and i think it's actually posted on asian turf grass center on their blog so go back and find that if you can but the idea was is that uh you know it it's used in a lot of cases right to prove that there are uh locked up nutrients right that whatever's available in di water is what's actually available in solution in the soil and as ray alluded to is that you know we know that there are plant soil relationships exudates. right that allow the plant because grass exudates right but yes. grass is a grass as a plant is a poverty plant it's meant to it's it, it existed far before we had you know the means to fertilize it and do all these other things that we do from a management practice now and it thrived in a lot of different places right it's pretty ubiquitous so you know, as a plant, it has evolved, right, to be able to do things like that and not necessarily require that, you know, there's some type of uh, relationship that's managed for it, right, in the sense that uh, nutrients being locked up and all that sort of thing. So that, you know, that I wonder, right, from, a, you know, why people are using that, why it's so predominant uh, in each of these surveys, right? Because if you look across here on table 10, uh, actually... You know, Ryan, I know yes. why for a while there was a hot trend of tissue testing. And you know what that came from? Tissue testing 
was tied with certain manufacturers that wanted the Gulf Supers to buy their shit. <laughs> now okay. still, that company's still out there. Okay, and I'm not going to name names, but these companies basically are selling the Gulf Supers cases of two and a half gallon jugs or in 55 gallon drums and say, here, you tissue test and you spray this stuff on your fairways and your greens every 14 days. And you keep on testing and spraying. Uh, it's so one of the other things too that I thought I think was important. Like, uh, that, uh, what, what is it? The uh, ion exchange resin oh. as well. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Where, where, yeah, where are you going with that debate? Sorry, I didn't yeah, shut up. <laughs> no, I was just gonna yeah. say that. Don't that, get canceled, that is, Matt. <laughs> well, hey, you send the box to the same place; it all goes to the same place or whatever. Right? Yes. Whatever Brian said. Um, you know the 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 last thing here that they say in the paper is just that you know the it, it might be best, and they're talking specifically about uh, phosphorus, right? So th there's two interesting schools of thought, and I hope that we can get one of the authors of the paper on here to talk, and not to like you know I, I'm genuinely curious, right? Because they talk about phosphorus in particular about how it might not be the best thing in all soils to rely on one single extractant method, right? To mm -hmm. understand what your soil levels are and measure that against it. Now, on the flip side of that, you've got folks like uh, Dr. Bill Kreuzer when he was back at University of Nebraska, and now uh, Doug Soldat's doing a lot of work with this, right, and trying to find that lower limit using the Malik 3 extractant, right, which may not normally be recommended for uh, a phosphorus extractant in every type of soil here across the United States, but... You know, so it, that's what I'm curious on is like, how, how does, uh, how do these authors feel about the way that it's going in terms of, you know, true uh, ground tested calibration versus, you know, the idea that, well, you know, we would use a Bray or an Olsen or something like that, right. As an extractive method, that's getting really, really nerdy and really sciencey. The, the, here's the funny thing though. Here's the funny thing though. Big picture. Let's take it back for one second is all that right all that like little drudgery in the details and that's what we love to talk about and that's why we're here talking about it right now on a tuesday night for no good reason but is that if you look at the big picture on this is that fewer places are using soil testing yeah. to guide their fertilizer apps which is weird and there's a reduction in so i would you know i i don't know if maybe here here's one thought right and this is just a total you know stab in the dark maybe people are are seeing mlsn and they're seeing people that are having success with it and they're just like well i'm just gonna go n only and you know fuck it right let's just see what happens and or maybe they don't have the money or maybe i, I don't know i i'm just interested maybe, to see you the know push and pull of this whole thing right Ryan, and, and not that anybody's right it's just trying to guide to a better result go ahead ryan uh you know i noticed the date on this uh, survey right and one of the dates or the date points on this survey was 2021 and to me, 2021 marks a rather difficult time for a lot of golf courses because in many places, public venues in the United States were still shut down from the pandemic. Yeah, they were busy in 21. Yeah, well, but then there were others where they were still shut down. Oh, well, no, I was going to say the opposite, rather, rather, Ray. I think the golf courses were busy. They were here, at least in, in the continental United States, as a whole, you know, I'll just say this on a whole, right, is that uh, 
Mm -hmm. kind of anyway, I'd say it's there was a renewed interest in golf, you know, starting in 2020 and definitely keep, you know, rode the way through 21 and it still continued is that they had, you know, uh, much increased traffic and were dealing with things, you know, like traffic stress that they had never dealt with before. And a lot of these guys were putting down more fertilizer than they had in years past simply to grow through, you know, this added traffic and try to get some recovery. Right. So, you know, I don't know that that influenced the results so much, uh, you know, in 21, but maybe it guided a little bit. It was in the back of their minds when they filled out the survey of, oh, shit, like, yeah, it feels like we're putting down but more. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll fill the survey I mean, out this uh, way. As, as a whole, almost 60% utilization of, of saturated paste as a, as a, as your soil test methodology. In the Southwest, no, across the yeah, entire Southwest United, United States, States yeah, we're 57, 57, what is, is that 50? I mean that's oh, I see, that I see, I see, is huge. Huge. I'm blown away at that number. Absolutely blown away. Floored, to be honest. Okay, uh, you know you know why the the saturated taste test uh, and you know corollary of that is ion exchange is remember now we need to assay what is immediately available to the turf grass at this moment or snapshot in time that yeah, is but, the, but, but, that is but probably, by doing that, that you're you're completely team. eliminating the 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 idea of exudates even even coming into play in my opinion and and I and I don't think that's an accurate representation now again I'm not I'm not a golf guy I'm a lawn care guy I'm a spray jockey right but still when I'm when I'm when I'm looking at this it it it, it seems it's almost comical to me it's almost comical at this level of implementation. You know, you know what's, you know what's also comical to me, is how little the Olson test is utilized, especially in the Southwest. Because here's what I know about the Southwest, which includes places like Texas, Arizona, uh, Southern California, etc., is that. Those are the places with soils in the fairways with pH over seven. And do you know where else uh, Olson is apropos? Mm -hmm. Is in a green that is constructed on limestone but, but, or but, coral but, but look at this, Ray. Look in the southwest. I mean, we're talking about 79, 79. Is it is this percent? Is this is this what we're yeah. looking? At? Is that is that what the the uh, talk to me here? Is that seventy nine percent percentage of survey respondents percent of are respondents, uh, yeah. utilizing yeah, saturated? Uh, well, we'll, yeah, we'll say for phosphorus here for phosphorus analysis, yep. we're sixty percent sixty percent utilization of saturated paste for phosphorus analysis in the southwest. So we're we're talking about you're going to be running into sodic soils. I'll, I'll you're going to be running this. into extremely high pH soils, and that and that what? Mm -hmm. And that literally no, call and that literally calls for more utilization of Olson because you know what alarms me and surprises me, Matt. In the Southwest, how little a Olson extraction assay for phosphorus is even used. I mean, 10%. I mean, come on, guys. Come on, really. <laughs> I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know the answer to this question. And I'm asking this right now because there are people in, that are that are watching that could maybe answer it and or for posterity's sake and see in case somebody comes back and watches it after the fact. I know that, uh, again, 
uh, Doug Soldat is doing a lot of work on this, right, with lower limit stuff on, uh, I think, mostly calcareous yeah. sand, right? So trying in in way that phosphorus would behave, right, in a, what you're talking about, Ray, with a limestone-based sand, you know, as a parent material. That all being said, lower limit and trying to look at that with Malik 3, is there a correlation there that they that, that somebody's done with saturated paste to even know if this is with if this is accurate? I, I just I, I agree with Matt that uh, I'm not sure that I understand you know the data here and what we're seeing back, right? And again, these this this is guys and gals that are taking care of these courses. And I will say that there are a ton of smart people out there, but you would be surprised at uh, you know, generally speaking, people's approach to nutrient management. You know, on golf courses, and that's a whole is in turf management, right? That there's still a lot of dogma yes. out there. And yes. I think that's what you see. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interject, but, dog, but we're, we're out, we're out, what I want to say about this specifically, yeah. and, and, and I, I see Dr. Shaddix is in here now. Dr. Shaddix, I want to echo Ryan's comments. I would love for you to come on and explain this, at least from your perspective. Um, on on why it is, why why we see the things we we see, and especially especially in 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 major turf grass classes, um, why why okay okay again there's been there's been enough body of evidence now to call into question a lot of things that I learned when I was in turf grass school. How much of that is evolving in the classroom, right? Uh, and, and I'll talk about the, the last person who I worked with, um, uh, I, I, who was a, a, a more recent graduate of a turf grass program. Still, this would have been six years removed, five, a little bit less than that, four years removed. And, uh, and it, you know, I, again, I talk, I talk to him, you know, about, about these types of things. And he's just looking at me with glossy eyes like, huh? Uh, yeah. And so, so much of it still seems either either you pick up nuggets in the classroom, minor, or the majority of it comes from on the training at the course, right? So, whatever becomes whatever becomes the standard operating procedure of the course ultimately determines the operating procedure of the stu- superintendent or assistant superintendent, whoever whoever's going to be you know conduct this. And it, it may not be the the super or the assistant super. I'm I, I, that's wrong of me to lump that out there. Um, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, there's there seems to be a, a giant disconnect between see, uh, well, the growing body of evidence and what's being taught in the classroom. That's a, that's a uh, it was just the word I was going to say is a disconnect because, you know, here's the reality is that you you don't it is very difficult and I'm coming at this right from a from a teaching perspective too not just as a practitioner right where you know I've taught students been in the classroom and trying to relate this stuff right on a level. That which somebody hasn't, you know, planned out, you know, an entire, you know, nutrient management plan for, uh, you know, one playing surface, let alone the collection of playing surfaces that comprises a golf course, is a mind blowing exercise to try and take somebody through who's not really experienced or thought about it at that level. So that that's a tough thing to teach in a classroom in a vacuum. Number one, number two is you get out of school, right? And you're right, Matt. Like you have basically three avenues that you can go down: avenue folks that you work with. And you take on, you know, some of their good habits, some of their bad habits, and we all have them. I mean, don't get me wrong. I make choices that uh, you would probably be appalled with and, uh, and me as likewise, well. right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not talking about life choices and talking about, oh, you know, sorry. <laughs> anyway, no. So the, don't make the, me watch <laughs> the sun come up again. Is that a lot of cocaine on the back of the toilet? Uh, yes. Um, Two. Yeah. One for me, one so, for you. I'll do yours if the, you don't want. Uh, 
so you've got the route of going down and, and, and learning, you know, sort of the, the OJT method on the job training. Right. And the other ways are you, uh, dive into the science, right. And you, you read folks like, uh, you know, Dr. Woods and Dr. Shaddix and others, right. That are, I think coming at this from a much more pragmatic view that, Hey, listen, the science that we have on this and Doug sold, that's another good, uh, a good resource too. I yeah, think on, on this topic is, uh, there's a lot of really, really, really rough edged and unfinished science on this. And we had ought to better take a, you know, take a better look at this and try to understand it. And I think that's where all our heads at is that, you know, we can always get better. And I'm not saying that other folks wouldn't say that that are in that on the job training mode, but it's a little bit harder. I mean, it, unless you really subscribe to the school of thought, the last one is the most dangerous. And, you know, certainly, uh, you know, we've had us on here rallying against this and not, not, not so much golf, but in the lawn care space in particular. And uh, Turf Truth has dove in in some cases, right, too, and talking about the manufacturers and the distributors that sort of perpetuate the bullshit, if you will, that educate people, well, hey, you probably should use that saturated paste test because, you know, your nutrients could be locked up. <laughs> you don't want your nutrients to be locked up, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, I had, I had an idea. I think I may have shared this on the show, but I swear to God, Ted Nugent, right? Ted Nugent Ray should sponsor and have his own line of fertilizers, right? Because Sweaty Teddy is going to help you unlock the stranglehold on your nutrients. Cool. That could be a whole marketing campaign right there with Nugent on the fertilizers. Uh, I think. Oh yeah, that that would probably uh, they'll probably do it. However, people would buy into it too. They'd be like, "Oh man, yes and no." But then Ted you know what? Fertilizer? You serious, no, man? Ted would also be a lightning rod. Because he's, <laughs> and I'll tell you he's why. Crazy, he's fucking no, crazy. No, Ted would be the lightning rod because you see, Ted is something like me, except Ted is holding an AR-15, and you got that a little bit of that. no, and that doesn't play well with certain demographics. I mean, Ted is not very well liked. I mean. I like Ted. I mean, Ted's a cool guy, but then let's just say that his act does not play very well in a large segment of the United States. Demay, can you see the screen right now? Uh, and, yeah. and, and what I'm with, and this is this is Doug Soldat's work, I believe, with with <laughs> Malik Three and uh, and phosphorus rates here, right? And uh, what is it like a three a three around the P and like a. You know, like a seven or above, I, on the, or yes. the other way around. It's something, something asinine like that, right? Where the p, the p is sufficient, and it's been you know x number of years since since the previous application. I can't go. I'm going. I can't recall. I'm going completely off memory here. But uh, case in case in point here uh, is that, and and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to that statement of disconnect and the growing body of evidence and letting that dictate uh, a lot of the the future decision making that's going on and. What I'm not seeing, unfortunately, <laughs> what I'm not seeing, unfortunately, is what I would have expected to have seen in this uh, in this survey here, is the impact that something like what Sold That did here uh, translate into uh, in uh, in field application. And, I, and I'm just I'm just saying, like, actually, a, a, a demonstration. A, 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 yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think that's the thing that, that we're lacking, right, is that uh, you don't have good check plots. And it's hard. I, I know we always talk about it. I even, I'll kick myself. I'll say this is a poor choice that I make, you know, too often, right, is don't put a check plot out there. I, I'll do it, you know, especially if you're trying something new or whatnot. But 
again, this this is the kind of thing that you know drives the point home, and this is you know sort of the take home message for uh, the folks at home and on the golf course and and whatever, right? So uh, that listen, this stuff doesn't work. It's not just you know uh, you know Doug Solga or Doug sitting on the the can in the morning as morning, morning constitutional saying, well, you know. I think three, four parts per million on, on Malik three phosphorus, that ought to get it done. Right. Like <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's checking, he's verifying. Right. So, and I think that's where um, maybe it gets a little bit dicey with supers and with turf managers. And, you know, again, we're all guilty of this, man. You, you go out there and you're like, ah, man, stuff's not growing. Like, ah, let's, let's go out and throw a half pound at it. Let's just, let's get it jumping. Let's get it going. Right. And do you really need to do that? And I think, you know, one other thing on the nutrient management piece before we, you know, kind of, sort of wrap up here and just get your opinion on one last thing here to maybe tease into uh if we could get some of these folks to come in and talk about this but uh is the fact that you know where does this go for lawn care right if we're, if we're seeing you know some of these extrapolations of data across a 15-year period you know uh, i would say that comparatively golf is doing better than what we are in lawn care right we still have a lot of that dogma out there and if you think about you know volume and commodity lawn care you know there's corners cut, there's things that aren't done right, but there's not a whole lot of uh, uh, mind paid to agronomics, right? In the, in the purest sense. So what do you think, based on the, the, the quick review of this that we've had here this evening, what are your big takeaways that we could take into lawn care and say, hey, look, like this is 15 years of data with people who you know, know what they're doing and they still have room to improve, but here's what we can learn from it. It's 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 hard to say, and I, I in my opinion, and this is me just carousing the space and and reading what people write, and it is going to be from small businesses to large businesses, um, is is yes, indeed, there is a ton of room to improve. Um, I don't think you're going to see quite the uh, level of of uh, intricate attention to decision making. Uh, in terms of what's being applied and when, I think it's just one of those things that, well, I do it in the spring, I do it in the late spring, I do it in the summer, and then I do it in the fall kind of thing because it's always been done that way. So there's going to be a lot more of that that you see versus like, oh, I'm concerned about wear tolerance. I'm concerned about um, uh, uh, my soil test analysis because I, I don't think you're going to see just this overwhelming, huge, mega increase in soil testing taking place. I think you'll see more of it, but not just this gigantic growing body of, uh, of soil test data that's coming in and being readily analyzed. Uh, and I, I don't think that the majority of lawn care applicators are even going to be able to tell you what kind of test was conducted to be able to make appropriate uh, nutrient level interpretations and sure shit. If it is made, it's, it's going, the, uh, the interpretations that are made by the lab that conducted the soil test will be what is implemented. There will be no cross-referencing applied knowledge, uh, letting that influence the decision-making that happens in very, 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 very small number. So there's, I think to even get to a, a, a closer corollary uh, point that there's still a significant amount of room to grow. Then on the second uh, uh, part of that is, um, um, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to dig myself into, into a, a deeper, a deeper hole here. Uh, I think, I think the, um, uh, how do how do I put this? Uh, manufacturers and distributors have a tighter grip on what goes on in lawn care than they do in golf right now. Oh, for sure. 
Yes. They have, they basically have control. And, you know, the unfortunate thing, too, is I see them basically driving and directing the market as far as what gets done, you know, in the lawn care space. Because, uh, for example, you've heard my rants about how why are we using so much nitrogen and so little potassium, for example, on a soil that needs it? Why are we doing that? Right? I mean, you've heard my rant about that. And also, you've heard my rant about why are we putting chlorides on soils that don't need it and on turf grasses and plant species that don't want it? And, you know, that, you know, is an example of, well, uh, I've heard this from people in the industry too. They tell me, but Ray, uh, this is what the fertilizer manufacturers put out for sale. This is what they have. This is what they offer. I, I, this is germane to our conversation. Let me, let me clip something. I'll send it to you. Hang on. Go ahead. Okay. And and one last thing I'll say is that if there's, if there's one thing from this that I think we would also see in lawn care that does correlate with it quite well would be the reduction in overall inputs applied. Uh, I think that is on a general decline uh, compared to where it was when I started in this space. Right. So, uh, you know, watching what I'm loading into a true green truck in 2008 and going out there and doing uh, versus, you know, what I was doing in 2015 was wildly different, wildly different. Uh, in 2015, I was not keeping bags of ammonium nitrate uh, to use as revenge porn on customers I did not like. Versus in, uh, in 2008, that was that was my uh, you, you know what I what I regularly did right. So I, you know, Sonny, I got to cut this grass a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right you do. And if you bitch about the color again, you're going to have to cut it a hell of a lot more. Or I'm just going to burn it all to the ground. And you'll never have to cut it again. The choice <laughs> is yours, cowboy. Uh, so I, I do think you'll see something's trending that way. I, you know, the rest of it is, isn't going to really line up a whole well, but my, my hope is again, is with the growing body of evidence that I, you know, is one easier to, is, is one segment of the industry going to be easier to implement than the other? Uh, and it is that due to the amount of on course, uh, dogma that's passed down from generation to generation is going to be harder to break or is it going to be the uh, the foothold that uh, 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 manufacturers and distributors have on uh, the inputs that are applied in lawn care, right? Which is well, which is going right. to be the the toughest code to crack. I th- so and and this is my last point because I've got to go and I do have to finish my four slides. Yeah, I got to go too. So I, can, <laughs> I I can give a talk in Minneapolis tomorrow. But uh, listen, uh, throw this up if you can real quick, and I this goes uh, exactly to your point. If, if can you pull that picture in here? Is that is that? Uh, yes. Doable? If you bear with me just a second, I can pull this up. I will bear with you. And while while you're doing that, I, I you know I had this discussion uh, last week on a on a, a little cast with our good friend Michael Beebe and Brent from Pro Turf Services Can't up there in Western Mass. And uh, so y- you know, here's the thing: is uh, is this this new product launch and you know, Hey, listen, I'll dig on this because it's, I think it's only there for one reason. And that is, do you think that uh, the reason that this product 
it's coming soon. There's this big tease and the marketing ploy behind it, right, is because soil tests and agronomic needs of the customer have deemed this product to be necessary to be added to the SKU list or is this just to sell some more I, shit? You know, look, I and, and I again, career suicide is something I thrive on really well. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, uh, uh, Lebanon was taking a look at their inventory, right, and uh, and what what they could make fairly decent margins on, and they were like, "Hey, Ron, ha, man, you're down there in Atlanta. Uh, uh, let me tell you what we can work a deal for you on is uh, we've got this product that you're going to absolutely love. It's a fourteen seven fourteen. Uh, it's widely used in uh, in golf greens around your area. Golf courses love it. Superintendents love it. And uh, and man, it is it is a real showstopper. It, everybody who applies it just absolutely gets blown away. And uh, and so what we would like to do is uh, is you know let you be our guy who's uh, who's going to bring this out there. And uh, I know that we think it'd be a great competing product compared to what's already out there. And uh, and and you're my boy, Blue. Do the damn thing. Does that does that? Well, and so that's okay. that's the second option. That's what he's got now. But he's got uh -huh. another one coming too. So I I, I think again, I, listen. The point is this, is that, you know, th I think this is a case and clearly, you know, he's got a different market. He's not selling to, you know, prolonged care people. I don't think at least at scale. The point though, is that you're right, that the, the, um, if you want to call the, the distributors, the inmates, and I know you, what your feelings are in distributors, Matt, what, um, what are you talking about? If they're running the asylum, right? I have <laughs> nothing but the utmost respect. I made that. I, so I'm, I, oh my god, I'm lying. <laughs> I know, I know. So, but the the point here is this: is that I, I when I was talking to Michael and Brent last week, I said that I really feel like in the next five years, and this this could be the end of the conversation and, and uh, a tease for our next one, uh, is that uh, I, I really do see people that embrace the science as being the differentiators in the marketplace, and I think that that will be seen and more so at wider scale across the country and not just in, you know, golf and people that are taking a, a different approach. Right. But also more so in lawn care, because I really feel like that's the space where, uh, you know, from an environmental standpoint, and I understand, you know, why, you know, what maybe, uh, I don't want to speak for him, but what Micah's, uh, motivations are to, to go down this route of MLSN. His, I think his point is like, you don't need it. Why would you do it? And, it's a great message to send to golf course superintendents, but there's such a bigger impact to have yeah, in lawn long care too. Yeah. Huh? That's what I'm saying. Long, long, long care, care is, too. Long care too. It, it, it's like we've, you know, we've, we've reached the, the, the first summit on Everest, right? And then all the way up there is lawn care. <laughs> that's, that's what this is. This was the 14 day hike through golf to get to the summit, to look up and be like, okay, well, here we are right at Denali and we got to scale the lawn care, you know, part of the track and that's going to be pretty deep. But in any event, uh, hey, it was cool to get on here and jam about science, hey, right? Real quick, real quick, can we? It, 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 all right, yeah. look, because because science has become a, a, a politicized, charged word. Can we say uh, uh, evidence? Um, you know, uh, making evidence, evidence back Ooh, yeah, decisions, Ev evidence back decisions. We'll, we'll, we'll go that. So instead of instead of saying that, oh, we're going to be quoting the science, we're going to be hammering the science. What we're, what we're going to be doing is highlighting the evidence. I think I think there's a certain ring and appeal and honesty that comes with that. Uh, that is going to be a lot harder to. Uh, in, anyway, take us out, Demay. <laughs> hey. Listen, it was great. It was great to, like I said, jam on some uh, whatever you want to call it. I'll say the science word because science is messy. It's unfinished. And uh, that's what we love about it. And so uh, 
hopefully we can get uh, uh, Dr. Shaddix, maybe Dr. Woods and some others, right, to come on a little bit more this year and, and lean into it. And so bring their words and their work uh, to the masses because I think there's a huge opportunity there, right, to educate people. And that's what we'll find, uh, I think, the people that are differentiating themselves in this industry over the next, you know, one to three to four or five years are going to be the ones that know what they're doing, why they're doing it, how they're supposed to be doing it, and when they're supposed to be Damn. doing it. And that'll be uh, a real key to profitability. So with that, gentlemen, Matt, you did it. You made it. You made the whole the whole comeback after the pick six, strip sack, and uh, <laughs> I think one of the cheerleaders depanched you on the yeah, sideline, boy, too. It, it impressed no one. <laughs> it did not it did not so all right i gotta go i love y'all i'll see you oh, wait wait by the way friday friday so no thirsty thursday this week it is a uh i'll just go ahead and say it. it's a it's a fuck up your weekend friday if you do it right on friday night your whole weekend will be ruined by what you do with us on friday night 